Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Monday, June 14th, 2021. President Biden gears up to face authoritarianism on the world stage. We'll discuss that, plus yet again, some movement towards a possible bipartisan deal on infrastructure. We'll see if that is reality. And finally, the political ramifications of the Justice Department secretly collecting data of former President Trump's perceived political enemies. Today, President Biden is in Brussels for the 2021 summit of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, otherwise known as NATO. He's there to recommit America to the alliance, which, of course, is a 180-degree departure from the official stance during the Trump presidency of the last four years. In fact, President Biden didn't shy away at all from the clear contrast with former President Trump. We do not view... uh, NATO as a sort of a protection racket. We believe that uh, NATO is vital to our ability to maintain American security. And behind closed doors, President Biden talked with his fellow world leaders on the threats posed from Russia and China most prominently. This leg of the trip is again highlighting President Biden's worldview, how he sees his presidency as a confrontation between democracy and authoritarianism around the world a confrontation he believes democracy must emerge as the ultimate winner. Today, Biden met with Turkish President Erdogan, a member of NATO who hasn't exactly been a champion of democracy. And of course, this all comes ahead of Biden's much-anticipated summit with Russian President Vladimir Putin, where Biden's expected to confront authoritarianism head-on. President Biden has been preparing for this meeting with Putin for quite some time. And during this trip abroad, he's been spending nearly every morning preparing for the Putin summit. And yet the president and his team have been lowering expectations about actual deliverables that can emerge from the Biden-Putin meeting. I'm going to make clear to President Putin that there are areas where we can't cooperate if he chooses. And if he chooses not to cooperate then we will respond. He's bright, he's tough, and uh, I have found that he is a, uh, as they say, worthy adversary. As with all high-stakes summits like the Putin-Biden one, there are many pitfalls to beware of, including the treatment of opposition leader Alexei Navalny, ransomware attacks, as well as other issues that have been dominating the news of late. But Biden's challenge will be proving that democracy can function better than an autocracy in the face of one of America's top adversaries. Now, here's what else matters today. There is slow movement, it seems, towards yet another possible iteration of a bipartisan infrastructure deal. The latest, here it is, a $1.2 trillion proposal from 10 centrist senators, both Republicans and Democrats, which gets closer to what the White House has in mind, including nearly $600 billion of new spending. That figure is notably less than what Biden wanted originally, but it's much more than what Republicans had initially proposed when Shelley Moore Capito had ultimately presented a deal to Biden that he was not willing to take last week. Of course, it's all still in the works, but here's what is worth paying attention to. There are reports that both Capitol Hill Democrats and the White House might actually be contemplating this kind of proposal. 
the desire for a bipartisan deal is still very much top of mind for President Biden. And while there's nothing concrete yet, Speaker Pelosi acknowledged that part of the ongoing calculation would be selling a bipartisan deal to the rest of her House Democratic caucus. Here she is. I'm very pleased that they came to their agreement, of course. Uh, I do think that it is predicated on an infrastructure that is of the last century. We have to be thinking in a more forward way. We must build back better. So if this is something that can be agreed upon, I don't know how we can possibly sell it unless we know there's more to come. It's that more to come part that Democrats will absolutely demand. Everything that can't be part of a bipartisan deal, they're going to want to do with Democratic-only votes under reconciliation. All the rest of the American Jobs Plan, climate initiatives, the American Families Plan, all those big spending projects from the Biden administration that won't be acceptable to Republicans in a bipartisan infrastructure deal. Of course, it would also be the promise of more big spending to come like that that might scare away Republicans from the bipartisan deal on infrastructure. It is a very tricky dance. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he's preparing two paths simultaneously, trying to get this bipartisan piece done, but also preparing the ground for a big Democratic-only package that he hopes to get through the Congress. As we've said before in these negotiations, time is running out in terms of the patience that the majority of Democrats on Capitol Hill have with the Biden administration to make bipartisan magic happen. So the clock is ticking here before Democrats just demand that the president go it alone. And finally today, Joe Biden's attorney general, Merrick Garland, issued a written statement today, clearly in response to some of the Democratic pressure he is feeling about those Trump era Justice Department seizures of phone records and other data of perceived political enemies of Donald Trump. In his statement, Garland highlighted the inspector general report that's already been ordered and is underway and then added this, quote, in addition, and while that review is pending, I've instructed the deputy attorney general who's already working on surfacing potentially problematic matters deserving high-level review to evaluate and strengthen the department's existing policies and procedures for obtaining records of the legislative branch. Consistent with our commitment to the rule of law, we must ensure that full weight is accorded to separation of powers concerns moving forward. This, as House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler had said that the department has a very short window to make a clean break from the Trump era on these matters. Clearly, that's what Garland's statement is aimed at assuaging. This all comes after yet another stunning revelation that it's not just Democratic members of Congress or journalists working for CNN, The Washington Post, or The New York Times, but it appears that the Trump Justice Department also sees the records of Trump's own White House counsel, Don McGahn, and his wife. So in possibly overstepping separation of powers bounds with Congress or trampling on the First Amendment in seizing journalist records all to investigate leaks, Trump and his Justice Department apparently was also looking into his own White House counsel as a potential leaker. I know nothing should shock us about what we learn about how Trump completely blurred and erased the lines between the White House and the Justice Department, but these developments are just eye-popping. 
That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.